podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by thebatmanuniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. Thebatmanuniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out thebatmanuniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast, Season 15, Episode 16. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Theo. And unfortunately, Steph has uh, absconded with her family to a wonderful vacation, and if you join the server, you can see some great pics of her doing death-defying stunts, but that means we are not blessed with her presence, so we shall just have to soldier on. Um... We have a bit of news because solicitations dropped last Friday. Um, the big thing that DC is trying to promote is Beast World, which is a uh, Titans event um, in structure. It seems to be more similar to Lazarus Planet than to Gotham War or Night Terrors. It has a miniseries. Uh, it's going to be written by Tom Taylor. Obviously, it's going to connect with the Titans uh, series. It doesn't look like the Nightwing series is actually directly tying into it, though. There will be a Gotham one-shot, likely an anthology, uh, in December. But we don't have a creative team listed for that. Uh, Theo, what do you think about Beast World? Mm, not much. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same spot. It's going to have uh, good uh, art talent with Ivan Ries, but I've never been a Titans guy. I mean, I know that lots of our listeners, and I think Theo, are much more um, Titans people than me, but just never been as big into them. We had another announcement of a Jason Aaron uh, coming over from Marvel and doing a... It doesn't say Black Label, but it feels like Black Label um, in that it's out of continuity. Um, and it's kind of a... I think it's a miniseries, but it's called Batman Off-World. And it's going to be like a space adventure with Batman, I believe. Um, how about that one, Theo? What do you think? I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of all AU out right now. I'm I'm still getting over the high and lows of uh, Tom Taylor's series, which has come to an end. Dark Knight. Are you a fan of Jason Aaron from over at Marvel? So or so, so so let me tell you what what I have. A bias. I have a bias against him, and it really isn't as much of his fault. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed his stuff with Thor, but oh my god, I hated Avengers. I hated Avengers with a passion. Simply because of the whole bulk up She-Hulk. But again, that was more on the art and not on the writing, although the writing played a role. But like I said, I, I enjoy his Thor stuff, but his Avengers stuff. Okay. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a major title at DC or not. We finally have an announcement of both the Batman 89 um, sequel and the Superman 78 sequel. Uh, the same creative team is returning for Batman 89. Hopefully they will have the comic actually put together this time because Batman 89 had really hideous delays. Um, 
what did you think about that? Are you excited to see um, this new fourth entry in the Tim Burton universe? Not really. Uh, I did enjoy finally seeing Billy D as Two-Face, but other than that, uh, I wasn't all that crazy about 89. Sure. We have an interesting <laughs> announcement. Uh, Jeff Parker is writing a Batman Santa Claus miniseries. <laughs> what do you think about that one? Zero interest. Yeah, that, that just seems out of nowhere, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I really like Jeff Parker, so this isn't a uh, like a knock on him, but uh, I don't understand why. So, I guess if Sholly Fish was writing this, I might actually be more interested, because he has a track record with me of taking those really whimsical and goofy team-ups and, and really kind of making them enjoyable. And I'm sure Jeff Parker can do that, too. I'm just like, this is a weird, weird series to be launching. Ram V is taking Detective Comics to twice a month uh, for five issues in this Batman Outlaw um, arc. Uh, what do you think about that? And why do you think they're going twice a week? I don't know. But I, I, I don't think it's the only one that's doing twice a week, isn't it? Or maybe when I was looking at the solicits, I got confused because I know they were doing some of the... They did the uh, first week of December, Yeah, too. they were doing some of the December stuff because of um, Thanksgiving. So I might have got confused right. in looking at that. But if... if, if detect- I think it's the only one I noticed. Yeah, like I said, I, I kept looking and I noticed that some were December releases, which I assume, again, was for the holiday. But I didn't realize that Tech was exclusively doing uh, twice a month. This seems really weird to me because we just launched our th- what I would consider our third major Bat book. So, of course, we have Batman, uh, which is in the Z- Zadarsky run. And then Ram V is doing his detective run. But we also have Williamson starting up Batman and Robin. And, you know, in the New 52... Those were kind of the three main bat books for the first four years, uh, w- wouldn't you say? Yeah, but I'm not going to complain because I've been begging for Batman and Robin to come back. No, 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 no. I'm not complaining that we have Batman and Robin. I'm kind of complaining that DC thinks that we need to have Detective twice a month. So at one point in time, I under- I kind of understood the rationale of them having detective twice a month because I thought at one point that they wanted tech to take its rightful place of being ahead of action. But Um, shadows to the bat already accomplished that. Right. And like I said, that, that was my first initial thought. So I don't know what could be the rationale now. And there may not be any other than, you know, trying to push a story or trying to do another money grab or. I feel like there has to be some kind of reason. uh, Cause the last time I remember them pushing a title to twice a month is the flash. And they did that specifically so they could get um, to issue 800 and then relaunch after night terrors. Um, which I am still salty about because I think that Jeremy Adams was doing a really fantastic job and didn't need to be relaunched. Um, but this seems to be an interlude. Do you think maybe it's because no, that I, I can't think of a reason because they're not approaching like, uh, and, 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 like eleven hundred, and, and I don't see the reasons for an interlude. You, you know, usually if there's an interlude, it's to give the creator a break. But Ron V is, do, is doing these books on here, right? So yeah, know. and it's not like he's had consistent artists for the last year. So that's a mystery to us. We'll have to be detectives and try and figure it out. Yeah, uh, the Batman books are going into its next arc, which is going to be called Mind Bomb, and it is a Batman versus Joker story. So, 
Chip Zdarsky is going to try his hand at a mm, a mainstream Joker story. He, of course, already did that Joker story. I think it was with Matt Fraction about um, the birthday present in... I think that was the Joker 80th anniversary special. But this will be the first time he really touches Joker in the main continuity. I'm trying to remember that story. It was very silly where Joker sent Batman a present every year on... Uh, and he said yeah. it was a birthday present, but it wasn't really his birthday. And then Batman doesn't get a present and he goes crazy trying to figure out why Joker's not sending him a birthday present. It's very silly. Yeah, I remember that now. He kind of gave hints as to when the the gift was coming. Yeah. And the interesting thing is both Batman Incorporated was just concluded with a well, it will be concluding with a Joker storyline, uh Joker Incorporated. Um and also uh the Joker, the man who stopped laughing uh or season 2 of the Joker. They're both going to be ending around this time. So Zadarcy is going to be the one sort of carrying Joker forward into the future. Um, so that seems like re- relatively decent coordination to me. So I kind of appreciate that. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Mind Bomb? Nope. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm one of those who have always advocated, you know, if we if we can do without the Joker for... A year or two, I won't complain. (laughs) The answer to that is we cannot. We have had Joker... First we had Joker War. Then we had the Joker title, plus the Joker puzzle box on miniseries. Then we had Joker Season 2, and Joker Incorporated, and now we're having Joker Mind Bob. So, DC's going all in, all the time on Joker. (sighs) I, I do think that they're going to need to give him a rest. And I think a couple of years of rest, like no one's allowed to use the Joker at all would be good. But if DC gets sold, I mean, if Warner brothers discovery gets sold again or split again, that could result in more cheap Joker cash plays. Outsiders is going to be starting. And something that's been kind of annoying me is that DC has not been upfront with Things being miniseries in their solicits. The the writers have said that Outsiders is a 12-issue miniseries. It's going to be starring Kate Kane, Batwoman, Luke Fox, although we don't know if he's going to be Batwing because he's not in the Batwing armor on the covers, and a female version of the drummer from uh, Planetary. We already talked about this a little bit, but even though I'm disappointed that this isn't the Outsiders title from Brandon Thomas that he was building. I like Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and the art looks really cool. So I'm excited about this. Plus, I like the lineup a lot. Yeah, I've been enjoying their doing uh, a Star Trek series over at IDW, and I've been enjoying that. Yeah, but I've heard I, good things about that. I I just can't get over the fact that DC fumbled on Brandon, on Brandon Thomas. Thomas. That is so weird to me. And and unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Last bit of news. Tom King told the Popverse uh, that Penguin is likely going to have some crossover or continuity or connection with the other Batman titles. Which is nice to hear. It sounds like at least Josh Williamson and Chip Zdarsky, as well as Tom King, are talking to each other quite a bit. So... Hopefully Josh Williamson can sort of take the place of James Tynan in being the guy who tries to keep titles connected. I mean, obviously we want them to read well on their own, but it's nice when it feels like everyone's in the same universe. Because right now it doesn't really feel like uh, Zdarsky and Ron V's runs are in the same universe. (laughs) They are just in different galaxies. (laughs) Yeah, or something like that. Or something like that. I don't know if there's anything super amazing or exciting in this news, but this all sounds interesting, more or less, for for TBU titles. It would be nice. The way things went between Tynan and Tamaki and even some of the craziness with uh, Batgirl as we got into Joker War, even though our friend said that she was never invited to the Batman room, writer's room. Uh, 
much better than what we're dealing with now. For sure. What is she doing? Is she still doing comics these days? Castellucci? Yeah. Or Margaret Scott? No, Castellucci. Uh, I think she's doing indie stuff. Uh, I mean, I hated that Batgirl run so much that I really don't want to read anything that she writes for other companies. But, I mean, she's always had kind of a foot in indies. I've actually first read some of her indie graphic novels like a decade ago. All right, so that wraps up our news. Let's get started with our main reviews. We've got two titles we're going to cover. And first up is Night Terrors, number four. Night Terrors, number four, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Giuseppe Kimicoli, I hope I said that right, Stefano Nessi, as well as Caspar Winchgaard. Nightmare Hour, number seven. Welcome Tower, Dead Man, who's still in Batman's body, Wesley Dodd's Sandman, and Damian Wayne enters, enters Insomnia's realm with the Nightmare Stone. Damian starts nodding off, being attacked by Insomnia. They find Insomnia's body, and Dead Man dives in, finally discovering why Insomnia hates the Justice League. Because at one of their battles, they accidentally killed his family. As a part of his plan, Insomnia kills himself, waking up the rest of the world. Batman wakes up, and Robin tells him that Insomnia's death has brought his nightmares into the real world. So, we have... Um, sort of the setting of the stage for the final battle in uh, I can't remember but Night's next end. episode we'll deal with the finale. Night's End? Yeah, Night's End. Uh, I'm still <laughs> I'm still really irritated that they didn't just make this a six issue miniseries instead of a four issue miniseries plus an alpha and omega issue because those first and last issues really function as numbers one and six and it it feels very dumb to me that they didn't just do that. Because if someone doesn't know that, I mean, I know they do checklists, but if someone doesn't know that, and they just get one through four, and they're like, ah, yes, this is four of four. That's the end of the series. Why doesn't it end? It's just stupid. DC disagrees. Clearly. How do you feel about... Uh, this story's uh, treatment of our two Bat characters, Batman and Damien. Um, well, obviously, Bruce isn't used as much, Bruce per se, you know, toward, until toward. Yeah, just the, in the last couple pages. Yeah, but, I mean, it's obvious that the Damien that we're getting is the Damien that Williamson has been writing since Robin number one. So I am, I am on board with that, you know, a a character who, who while still somewhat of a dick, uh, has obviously matured, um, not just literally, but, um, figuratively as well in his mindset. So I, I enjoy that seeing, seeing my boy grow up before my eyes. Yeah, I enjoy the way Williamson's been writing Damien and Bruce as well. So I have high hopes going into Batman and Robin. I'll I'll be curious to see if there's much direct referencing of Night Terrors in Batman and Robin. Because uh, Williamson did write so much with Damien and Bruce in this event. But I don't know what the logistics of that are and how much he would really want to get into that. Um, but I mean, we can only wait and see and find out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, for all we know, Batman and Robin is supposed to leak out of Gotham War, uh, right, and, right, and be and be in uh, coordination with that. So I don't know how much fallback to Night Terrors there'll be. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if there's anything I would really want or need to be referenced in 
going forward. I mean, this is a reasonably fun adventure, but it's not anything that I feel like is really revealing a new aspect of Damien or Bruce or really... It, it kind of feels like a filler arc, and a lot of events can be like that. How'd you like the art this issue? Uh, thoughts haven't changed from the others. You know, they're, they're okay. Uh, they're not over the moon, but at least they're not. At least they're not uh, Howard Porter. That's a very good point. Is the final issue supposed to be Howard Porter? I think so. Oh man. Let me That's check. let me check and see. Let's go to our favorite previews parts. Uh, do we want to give Night Terrace number four a rating? If he, uh, yes, there's uh, actually it's uh, Harrison and Porter. Oh, okay. Oh, there's four artists. Four artists for forty-eight pages. That's crazy. Well, it's probably for uh, probably like ten pages per artist. Yeah, so it's Kim and Kali, Harrison, Nessie, and Porter. All right. So out of out of five nightmare stones, what would you give Night Terrors number four? I don't think you can use night nightmare stones a second time. Oh, we already used it. I believe we did. Okay. Um, out of Five, yeah. Out of five, Sandman gas masks. How many would we give Night Terrors number four? So I've been enjoying Night Terrors as a whole from the start. Some of the spinoffs. Eh. Uh, so for the main book, I will give it a solid three to five. Three point two. Oh, okay. 3.25. Three and a quarter. I'm giving this a three. I think it's uh, good, um, but not... It didn't lift it out of anything for me. Um, kind of felt like it was just setting up for the finale. So, a three out of five, and that gives us an average of 3.13. But now, so let me ask this. After reading this, did you get the sense that so this is after Batman, correct? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of Batman is when Bruce finds himself floating. Right. But again, wasn't it at the end of Night Terrors 3 where Damien told Bruce the whole, yeah, the hero's lost? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. This is what happens when I skip an episode. I read it, but I didn't have to review it, so I didn't <laughs> it, commit it to as much memory. Okay. I believe it was though. Probably. Because that was the conversation Steph and I had was the fact that, you know, at the end of if I can remember now, now I'm getting old. Um, at the end of Night Terrors three is when Damien tells Bruce that um you know, no, it's not a nightmare and the hero's lost. Or was it? Some type of way, but it gave us a conversation as to where everything was. It just fell off. But again, it was a good issue. Um, but I've, I've been, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I would say the same. Now let's move to our second issue, uh, Night Terrors Detective Comics number two, written by Dan Waters, illustrated by. Ricardo Federici, Stefano Raphael, and Mike Perkins. Jim Gordon, shattering from the effects of the demonic pentapriests, or fifth-dimensional beings, who turned him into glass last issue, reads the dying letter of the woman he tried to save. He learns the name of one of the other three good people of Gotham who summoned the pentapriests, and tracks him down after duct-taping himself together. Jim finds Mortimer Blake, dressed in a monstrous version of Jim's own super-heavy Batman armor. Blake blasts the car Jim drives in, and then tries to convert him to his cause of lethal justice. 
Jim instead tells him that Blake has killed his own family in Jim's car. The story is a ruse to lure Blake into the car, where Jim sets off the Super Heavy's suit's self-destruct. Shattering even more, Jim reveals his plan and works to save Blake's life. The Pentapriests arrive, telling him the third good person of Gotham is his daughter Barbara, who shares his gift. At the clock tower, Jim finds Barbara broken in half and demands to know how being made of glass is the gift of knowledge she asked for. She tells Jim she wanted to help Batman because he's slowing down. Barbara destroys the clock she used to summon the Pentapriests, destroying herself in the process. The Pentapriests wake Jim up from the nightmare wave, promising they'll be back. Jim wakes in his bed violently, sees the boy's sorrow alive and sleeping. He tries to call Babs, but she doesn't answer. To see what she's up to, check out Night Terrors, Nightwing, number two. Elsewhere in Gotham, a stranger buys the clock that summoned the Pentapriests in Jim's dream. So how do you think this uh, story, this two-part story, wrapped up? So I said it after issue one, and I say it again. This is this was really, uh, and I say that you know, from the standpoint of if 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 there was ever a story, at least of the books that we've read for TBU, that could really be a horror story. This is it. I mean, seeing. Babs in half and getting destroyed. I mean, and even going back to issue one with Jim breaking up all over the place and that continuing into this issue. Um, that's that's the type of stuff that you know could really be nightmarish for us non-powered folk. <laughs> How do you feel about the way Jim Gordon and this isn't really Barbara because Barbara is actually in Nightwing's nightmare, but this is Jim's idea of Barbara. Barbara was How do you in feel? several people nightmares as we'll see. I know it's so weird. Greater Gotham as well. I, she she really got around. It's it's mm. and when we say got, when we say got around, I mean. It, she wasn't in, I mean, she was more in a support role in this, you know, because she just showed up at the end. But Nightwing, she was there both issues as the main character, you know, he trying to save her. Then, of course, you know, as we get into the second issue of uh, Punchline, you know, she's to, to quote unquote the big bad for Punchline that they're fighting each other. So, yeah, I don't know what's what's up with Babs. Maybe that's something that's coming down the line. Possibly. Uh, I thought that Jim... I, I really like the way Dan Waters wrote Jim. He's he's smart. He's fierce. He's clever and resourceful. Um, he's got integrity. Um, he's not perfect. Like He's got anger, and he's got the impulse to hurt people who hurt other people. Um, no, you but I, I really... I really like the way he's writing Jim, and I'm glad that he's on Detective Comics backups. Are you? No, are you saying that because he quoted you? I am not. Remember <laughs> that uh, Dan Waters also wrote that uh, Jean Paul Valley Azrael series I loved. So I loved it before he quoted me. Damn, you can keep Azrael. It certainly doesn't hurt that he quoted me, though. It does not. <laughs> it's always going to um, be quoted. Yes. Um, it shows that it, it, I mean, especially the quote that he used, uh, showed that the story did what it was supposed to do. Because, you know, like I said, if, of all of the TBU books that we've covered for Night Terrors, this is, this is one that, that could truly be something you and I could dream of as a, as a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. 
I mean, um, that, 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 especially that first issue, that's the first issue where if you read it late enough, later, you read it late enough in the evening and then hit the sack, it could possibly pop into your head overnight. And you wouldn't want it to. <laughs> you would not. No, it's, it's really well thought through. And I thought it was very poetic. Like, what did you think about the way the Pentapriest gave the gift of knowledge as uh, Jim and Barbara were turned into glass? The, the Pentapriest were... They were the most confusing part of the two parts. And again, it's probably by design. Um, well, I sort of read them as being like evil Batmite type beings. Because they are from the fifth dimension, like Batmite. Yeah, and and like the other... So I'm going to kind of go back on what... And you probably missed on some of this. And I probably said it in the other episode as well. You know, of all of the characters, of all of the nightmare characters that we've been introduced to, you know, and I've always said the only reason why we have all these spinoffs is because, you know, we have the reason why we have all of these new monsters was to justify having all of these spinoffs, you know, because they had to do something to keep that detective going. But of all of these new characters, whether it's the Sleepless Nights or the Penta Priest, the Penta the Penta Priest are probably the most well thought of as far as what they do. And I'm hoping I'm not spoiling too much by saying this, but as Night Terrors end. You know, seeing that they're actually from the fifth dimension, they seem to be the ones that can always come back. Oh, yeah. there is That scene where the stranger buys the clock seems to imply to me that we're definitely going to see some more of them. Probably in the backups that Dan Waters is writing for uh, Detective Comics. Um, does that is that something you're interested in? Are you interested in seeing more of these Pentapriest and Jim Gordon <laughs> negotiating these sort of eldritch gods or Cthulhu beings? I I don't know because I have always been more of a fan of backups that play a major role in the main story. So I don't know how that will work considering what Rom V is doing. Now, if some type of way he's able to write it to where it's fitting into another bat book fine but i just don't see how that's possible so i don't know well we still have that weird weird monster thing that uh you got in the mr freeze backup i still don't really understand what was going on I with thought, that villain i thought i thought sorrow destroyed him that was unclear i thought sorrow destroyed um, him oh well possibly I'm not, just in case anyone's wondering, I'm not hoping that we see that guy again, because I don't want Sizeburrier to come back. I want him to stay over writing his other books. You gotta give Flash um, a chance, though. I'm gonna give it a chance, but I'm not looking forward to it. Um, any comments on the art? We, uh, like a good Detective Comics book of the last year, we have three different artists, including one of the artists who has been a regular artist for Ron V's run, Stefano Raphael. Um, how do you think they work together? Uh, this, this, this art was very good. Again, scary as hell, but it, it, it accomplished what it was supposed to do. Agreed. And, and the styles of the artists worked well together. So that was good. So let's give Detect Night Terrors Detective Comics number two a rating out of five Pentapriests. I see. I would think, since I'm not a horror fan and this scared the leap out of me, I would give it a lower score. But it's 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 really well put together, and you know, despite the scariness of it, me not being a, a horror fan, so I will give it a three five. A three five. And I on the website also gave it a three five. So we have an average of three five. 
and a mode of 3-5. I did it on purpose. You can't beat them, join them. That's what I say. So some last questions about Night Terrors in general. Uh, do you feel more sympathetic to Insomnia now that we know his secret? No. Yeah, he's kind of a flat villain, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the notion that your family died, it was accidental. And, you know, this notion, I'm going to make the world see the Justice League for who they are. But, I mean, this isn't the first time innocents have died, you know, in battle, in some type of battle involving the League. So it's hard for me to be sympathetic for that because, again, it's it's not new. Especially when... The the monsters he's unleashing are almost certainly going to kill way more families than, you know, the Justice League generally does. And I know you have some predictions about how you think this will end. Do you think that those predictions still hold true? I I still think that by the end that, you know, based on what Boston said at the end of, I want to say, issue three when he was able to uh, get his hands on the Nightmare Stone and say that his dream was coming true, I still think that at some point before everything is over, he will finally be able to cross to the other side. I think that's quite reasonable. It definitely would make for kind of a nice ending. All right, let's move on to Greater Gotham. First up, we're going to go through all of the Night Terrors tie-ins. So first, it's Night Terror's Nightwing, number two. Nightwing is a neutral for me. One of the things that I complained about with Night Terror's from the start was all of the You Kill Batman stories. You know, this being one of three, the other being Joker and... um, God dog it, what was the other? Harley, was it? Or Poison Ivy? Wait, which one was it? Oh, shoot. Nightwing. It wasn't Robin. No, it wasn't Robin. Nightwing. Uh, or maybe it was two stories. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I wasn't a fan of that. Um, it was interesting with the partnership, per se, between Dick and crane um and donovan made an an important you know he made a good point of that in his review so if you haven't read the review check that out but i didn't hate it as much as he did he gave it i want to say he gave it a two two and a half but Mm. yeah he 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 really didn't like it i thought it was okay i just i just thought that it could have been another it could have been a Another story other than a You Kill Batman book. Yeah, I would say this is a a neutral for me, too. I appreciated that we finally got what Steph, Cass, and Babs were up to in the Night Terrors, but it kind of felt like this should have been three or four issues. Of course, they didn't get it. I mean, fundamentally, it's because they tried to do both Nightwing and Batgirls in the same two-issue miniseries, and that's four characters, and none of them really fully get explored, except maybe Nightwing. Um, I mean, they really could could have given them their own, considering the series ended right around the time that... Yeah, Yeah, I agree. It started. You know, it, it probably would have been a better way of giving them a send-off. Yeah. Um, Michael Conrad, who wrote, was one of the two writers for this issue, uh, he's going to be solo writing backups for Nightwing. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, considering I was not a fan of, as much of a fan of this, um, and hated Batgirls, consider me not interested. I mean, I'll read it because I'm reading Nightwing, but... Whereas I, on the other hand, might actually check out Nightwing again because of that. What? Night Terror's Catwoman number two. Oh, God. 
Man, it's just thumbs did down. you did you thumbs did you venture into the pages of this one? Unfortunately, just just thumbs down. Yeah, I did, it I sucked. Just, I, thumbs I, down. I just I don't get it. I I I don't. I am not an advocate of anyone losing their job. I work in HR, so my job my job is to make sure that people are working. But I don't understand how Teeny Howard continues to have a job in writing stuff that's so bad. And I'm not just talking at DC. I am going back. I am still pissed at Excalibur and Rogue and Gambit being just royally screwed in that series. And I just, I, I don't get it. These two issues were terrible, and everything that I've read in Catwoman is terrible, and everything that I see people talk about Catwoman is terrible, and yet she now has. And yet she's getting nine more issues after Gotham War, and Harley Quinn to boot. But yeah, thumbs down, and I'm pretty sure if Steph was here, she'd give it a thumbs down, too. Well, I'm definitely giving it a thumbs down. Punchline number two. <sighs> Neutral. I am abstaining, because I didn't read the first one, and I just feel like Punchline's been squandered. So I, no, She's been squandered out. from the start. I mean, and again, that's DC fault, because DC... Uh, and I'm going into wrestling fan mode. So DC decided to turn Holly face. So now face Holly is all over Gotham. And so they needed to have a heel to partner up with Joker. And they decided that they were going to create this character in punchline. And they pushed her and they tried to strap a, ra- a rocket to her and push it to the moon. And it ran out of rocket fuel halfway through the atmosphere and just fell flat. Everything that I've read with the character has just been so and it's unfortunate. I I I don't know. Yeah, I, I have not been impressed. The most interesting story that I saw Involving punchline was probably her origin story. Other than that, whatever. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was enjoying the idea of punchline and that origin story a lot, but her actual appearances in Joker War and then just hanging out were pretty just there. middling at best. It was just, just not there. super exciting. It was just there. It contributed nothing you you would think that it would lead to something involving joker or something and everything was just there harper Row was and there I, and then she's gone again you know Leslie. i think part of that is because punchline along with a lot of other characters who were created by james tynan were created by james tynan and he left and he had like a two-year plan that probably would have tied her into a bunch of stuff but then he left so they all kind of got dropped, and all the new writers had to figure out new plans. Um, or they could have just went the way of designer and just say she was always <laughs> dead from the start, or kill her off, or something. Nobody cares about designer. Nobody, exactly. Nobody cares. But nobody really cares about punchline either. I mean, you, you go to cons right now, and you still see Holly, 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 Holly. And when Punchline was introduced, there was Punchline, 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 Holly, 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 Holly. And now it's just Holly, Holly, Holly all over again. You don't you don't see that excitement for Punchline anymore. And I don't think you ever will be. I don't think you'll ever. I mean, you could maybe see her be introduced in a movie and that could get people interested. But. Yeah, I think she's kind of just going to be another forgotten villain in a couple years, if she's not already. I mean, I mean, she's not, because she's getting this miniseries, but I think this is going to be the last gasp for a while. 
Hell, I mean, you, you want a good way to use her. You could have used her as the villain of Birds of Prey. But hell, most of the characters in Birds of Prey are not TBU characters. So that kills that, too. Yeah. Still salty that Harley Quinn's on that team. Oh, God. You called it. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Harley Quinn, we both skipped Harley Quinn number two. So we're going to just note that and move on. Double Epstein. Uh, and lastly, for Night Terrors, we've got Angel Breaker number two. I'm going to give it a neutral trending up. This is one of those stories, unlike, say, Ravager. Well, actually, Ravager could have gone somewhere, too. But this is one of those stories that, had it been more issues, probably could have gone somewhere. I really hope that Tim Seeley is able to pick up the threads of this story because I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's helped because Tim Seeley is building on the mythology he created uh, in Nightwing. So you've got, you know, Raptor and then he also is working with Cobra. So he's he's pulling on a lot of strands that are already in the DCU and I think doing it very cleverly and it's really well crafted. But um, two issues is hard. It it's a a really of, hard. It has play. a lot of promise, but again, like, it I said, it, it, like I said, it needed to be more issues. Yeah. But the fact that we want more issues, I think, indicates that, uh, you know, it did a, its job better than a lot of these miniseries. Uh, and I would say that gives it a thumbs up for me because I enjoyed the art and I enjoyed the, the miniseries for what it is. Yeah. It, 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 it and it had more to do. I mean, it, of all of the spinoffs, you probably could have tied it more again if you dug into those threads and pulled at those threads enough into the main story. Yeah. All right. That wraps up our uh, Night Terrors coverage. Now we'll move on to our regular Raider Gotham stuff, starting with The Penguin number one. Neutral. This is actually a thumbs up for me. It is clearly the sequel to um, Killing Time, which I reviewed as a trade and really enjoyed. I I was surprised. Um, And I like that this is the sequel because it means a lot of the concepts Tom King created for that series are going to get used and sort of developed more. This is, I mean, I love uh, Raphael de la Torre from his Iron Man run way, like over a decade ago. But I really liked his art there. I'm very excited to see him at DC doing this. Uh, This seems like a perfect dark and gritty series for his talents. And I, this feels like the Tom King I tend to like, which I hope doesn't mean that Wonder Woman is going to be the Tom King I don't like. But we'll have to wait and see. You do know that it's probably not going to last. What? The Tom King that you like. Because, I mean, at some point, Batman was the Tom King that I liked. and Yeah, but I like Batman all the way through until he killed Alfred. And that wasn't his fault. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number 18. Thumbs up. Uh, it's from, an abstain from me. From and, and, and from everything that I've read, so if I was rating this, this was easily, I mean, I know Scott gave it a four or five. I probably would too. I, I mean, some folk, and this is a, this is, this seems to be a new arc considering we just got through the whole Amazo, new Amazo thing. So it's a good jumping on point. And again, very good. Some folks, you know, gave it equivalents of a five out of five. So definitely thumbs up. White Knight, Generation Joker number four. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, but oh God, it's getting kooky. It's getting a little bit too kooky for me. Um, with what Jackie and and Bryce are doing and being my bosses until they're not and you know Harley and and Neo and doing their thing until Neo decides to turn on them and she has her new name but uh, it, I don't know it's, it's stuff just going all over the place and it, it concerns me if 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 we if it continues going now. Uh, this is an abstain for me. Uh, I still need to catch up on this series. It's looking like this might be a trade for me, trade weight, but um, I do like it. I just, um, I don't know. 
Dark Knights of Steel, number 12, the finale. <laughs> thumbs up. This is four thumbs because I'm doing two thumbs for Steph, too, because I know she would be giving it two thumbs up. I do have one problem. I do have one problem. Why the hell does Amanda Waller have to survive every bleeping thing? I just don't get it. Kill her. I mean, it's AU anyway. It's not going to affect main continuity. Kill the traitorous winch and be done with it. But of course, no, she survived after killing Alfred. <sighs> but still, thumbs up. Uh, this is unfortunately a thumbs down for me. I thought that the potential was wasted. The world building continued to be really surface level. Too many things going on without enough development. And all the characters kind of sound the same. Dude, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You haven't read all of the issues. How are you going (laughs) to... I read this issue, though. (laughs) So how are you going to say there wasn't enough world building? Also, this committed the unforgivable sin that Tom Taylor has now done twice in his alternate universes of introducing Stephanie Brown and then ignoring her in the finale. So (laughs) he can get all my thumbs all the way in the place that the sun don't shine. And now we know how you really feel. I, I don't think this is news. New. No. But you're going to be reading Nightwing. <laughs> Why did I commit to this? <laughs> Batman, the Brave and the Bold, number four. The only thing that I like about this book is the cover. Other than that, pff, this is this is literally Urban Legends 2.0. Okay, let me, let me see if I can remember all the stories. Uh, we had... A weird story with Batman and and ba- Mr. Baseball. So, yeah, so, so that first, was very strange. So wait, so so here's what's strange. So issue three, we didn't get the finish of the Batman Joker story. So you would think it would come in issue four, but there's zero zero mention. There's no story whatsoever. We get. This whole Mr. Baseball thing, which is, and, and Ian's favorite writer, Megan Fitzmartin, is in here. (laughs) Well, that's the last story, but let's see if I can remember the other ones. Uh, Ravager wrapped up in this issue, right? Um, Ravager, the the Stormwatch story did not finish. They actually, they actually put a Night Terrors tie-in with some of the members. That was very confused. Oh, that's right, with Emiko, Red Arrow, and a bunch of other... It was very strange. Yeah, it was some... It was weird. I'm like, why couldn't you... You all could have just did a... Green Arrow, Night Terrors miniseries, including Emiko? Or, or, if... I mean, you had Ravager already. Ravager already, you could have just did a whole Stormwatch thing, because by the time the story ended... Um, Peacekeeper 1 was there too. Um, And then we had a a Suicide Squad story with Amelia Harcourt being resurrected from the dead by her creator Rob Williams. Interestingly, we don't have a Suicide Squad title going on right now, and Rob Williams hasn't really written for DC in like five years. Um, A lot of people were complaining, oh, they're just bringing back James Gunn's wife's character. I'm like, but this is Rob Williams. He created her. It makes sense that he would want to use her again. And lastly, we had Megan Fitzmartin and Balin Ortega doing their Batman black and white. And I'm sorry to say, even though Balin Ortega's art continues to be very strong, Megan Fitzmartin's writing is very weak. Her voices for the characters are really just shallow. I mean, Jason, every line he has to swear, and that's just not how Jason normally talks. So this was a thumbs down overall and definitely a thumbs down for that black and white story <laughs> added emphasis well i just don't get it there's so much potential that they could do for brave and the bull and you kind of mentioned it earlier hey that could be the bat family book you know what i mean yeah because there's a lot of bat family that don't have books right now have absolutely they're all sitting at the belfry just twiddling their thumbs and we get this drama. So, lastly, 
We have Wayne Family Adventures, two episodes, episodes 70, uh, 97, which is called Wonderful, and features uh, Wonder Woman meeting uh, Goliath, which I would think that make Theo very happy. Yes. It certainly made me happy. And uh, episode 98, Power Outage, where uh, <laughs> the Bat Kids had to figure out how to survive in the winter in the Bat in Wayne Manor with no power. You can't dumbs down Wayne Family Adventure. Uh, there certainly are people who are doing it. They why? are not me. Why? Oh, God, why? I mean, I, and see, I usually read some of the comments in Webtoons. So I don't always see them there, so I, I would really like to know where people are hating on it. Twitter and Tumblr. Tumblr's still a thing. <laughs> yes, that's where I keep all my Tim Steff uh, fan art, remember? Uh, this is definitely a thumbs up for me. I especially liked that uh, Wonder Woman episode. She was really funny, and it was awesome to see um, her interacting with Damien and Goliath. Great stuff. That brings us to the end of Greater Gotham. Next month is going to be very interesting. We're getting some new titles and some new, new directions for titles. So I'm actually kind of excited to see what Gotham War brings to Gotham itself. <laughs> it brings Batman and Robin, and I'm so excited. Right. <laughs> but it also brings bad family destruction, which makes me very sad. But you know what? If it keeps Bruce and Damien together, bam. Although, the best Batman and Robin is Dick Grayson and Damien Wayne. Yes, agreed. All right, let's see if I've got any feedback. Uh, there might have been some on the server. We had some, some, uh, some potential... Uh, Incorrect reporting of scores uh, for Batman last issue, last episode, but I don't know. It was not. Uh, it was not an incorrect reporting. The rating system does not read to decimal places. Therefore, it rounded up. Ah, well, curse you, AI. <laughs> All right, so. That brings us to our Patreon thank you. So this is just our thank you to all the people who support us at a certain level uh, on Patreon, of course. We really appreciate that you help us to keep all our archives on our servers and all our great content um, on the website. So thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, thank you. Johnny McCloskey, thank you. Ian Miller, thank Stanton's you. Grave, thank you. Cesar Diaz, thank you too. Gerald Green, thanks. Ed Grouse, Thank you. Jessica Morales, I appreciate you. Joshua Lappin Bertoni, thank you. Captain America, hey Captain America, welcome to DC. Thank you. David Richards, thanks. Rob O, hey Rob, thank you, buddy. Uh, Caspian seventy three, thanks. Donald Townsend, thank you. And of course, Stephanie Mounts. Merci beaucoup, wherever you are we out there you. in Europe. We miss you the most. He is. Greatly loved and greatly missed, but we hope that she's having a very great vacation. I'm not going to say all that because she's over there doing some fun stuff, and it is hot as hell over here in the States. It is really hot. I took a walk today, and I got back, and I just started sweating because it was so hot. It was was miserable. It is triple digits in the Midwest. Nebraska is at 100 degrees in the Midwest. I mean, we're average. We've had... We've... We've had more triple-digit weather in the state of Louisiana than any time in history. We, we get a triple-digit here, a triple-digit there. Since July, we've had, I want to say, probably closing in on 20 days of triple-digit weather. And That's so, too many, man. And, and, and so for you folk who, who've never been to Louisiana, you're like, well, it's always like that in Arizona and, and Nevada. Okay, yeah, I understand that. But what Nevada and Arizona and California don't have is humidity. So while it says 100 in Louisiana, it really feels like 120. You know, that- yeah, Minnesota, with all our lakes, also has ridiculous humidity. So it's just bleh. It is. I mean, it's, it's like trying to breathe water. Yep. Yeah. It, it is not a good feeling if you if you're not used to it. 
which is the complete opposite. If you've never been to Denver and you hit that mile high elevation and you've never done it before and you start dealing with nosebleeds, complete opposite here. You can't breathe because it's just like breathing. It's like a fish. In, in other words, the too long don't read version is too damn hot. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ian. And this is Theo. I almost paused thinking Steph was going to bounce in and say, this is Steph. I know. <laughs> but we hopefully will have her next episode. So tune in next time. Give I, us all your all your listens. I am not going to live uh, it down that she's going to that, that she's doing all this European hopping. I mean, I, I, I know I did my London thing, but I mean, she's having some real fun. I was you guys are welcome to it. I hate traveling, so you could do all you Why? want. Oh, dude, traveling is wonderful. And considering nope, we, we, I hate we, it. We, considering how we were all cooped up during the pandemic, I, I will I will hop on a rocket and go in orbit, you know, just to get away from the house for a week or two. All right. <laughs> With that being said, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Adios, amigos.